everyone, and welcome to You Love to See It. And you know what? Happy anniversary to You Love to See It. That's right. This is episode 52. We've been doing this nonsense for an entire year. And this is, of course, the podcast where we watch TV shows and movies. And I'm so excited to be here. I am your host, Danielle Riendo. I am here with two of my friends and co-hosts to watch one of the worst movies ever made. Merritt Kay is here. Merritt, how are you today? Um, I'm good. I'm um, I'm an archaeologist, a museum cur- curator, and um, <laughs> I know all about the Abkhani. So <laughs> any questions you have about the Abkhani, <laughs> just ask. Good. Uh, another Abkhani um, connoisseur uh, with me today is uh, LB Hunk Tears. LB, how, how are you today? How are you? Hey, I'm a little freaked out, honestly. Um, yeah. The supernatural paranormal... The it's just the needles just going going crazy. Mm. The, it's yeah. like the numbers are so high. I'm spooky on my sensors right now. Yeah, yeah, my sensors are are going wild too because we watched. Lord help us, we watched Alone in the Dark, the atrocious 2005 action horror film. Uh, I'll read the Wikipedia description here. Loosely based on the fourth installment of Infogrames' <laughs> video game series of the same name, it was directed by Uwe Boll. The film stars, shockingly, Christian Slater as supernatural detective Edward Carnby, who is the main character in the video games, and also features a cast of Tara Reid. Tara, thanks for being here. Steven Dorff, holy shit. Uh, and then also Frank C. Turner, Matthew Walker, Will Sanderson, Mike D- Dopewood, Matt Aitchison, Darren Shavlaki, Karen Conneval, and Ed Anders. Upon release, the film was both a commercial and a critical failure, receiving overwhelmingly negative reviews and being considered one of the worst films ever made. Despite this, and here's a line I love, despite this, a sequel was released in 2008. So we watched this as a special one-year anniversary of a, our, our wonderful podcast here because we started this podcast with Super Mario Brothers the movie, which I think it's fair to say kicks the absolute pants off of this one uh, in terms of, like, fun, bad movies. That oh, yeah, that's a movie. Fun to watch. Yeah, right? That, qual- that one qualifies design. as a movie. <laughs> uh, was this not a movie that what we watched I, well it didn't feel that way to me but that might be because we watched it um on jeff's website with ads yeah. and so every five to ten minutes a computer generated ad of like a cartoon fox trying to sell us a drawing tablet would appear or like a man having a nightmare about his tv falling over <laughs> which really added a lot i felt like to the proceedings but Damn, I should have watched times. on Jeff's website. Yeah, well, you know, that I was our, it on our only choice. See, yeah, we, it was Tubi or Jeff's website, and I don't know what Tubi is. Uh, I didn't know either, but I didn't want to watch the commercials, so I hit Tubi, and <laughs> it said there were going to be commercials, but my ad blocker blocked them, Damn. so there were commercials. Wow! And I didn't have to sign up or anything. Next I didn't have to log level in. level right here. Tubi's, Tubi hey. is where it's at. So before we get into the movie itself, can we just talk about Uwe Ball for a little bit? Because yes, he, he was sort of this figure of fascination in the late 2000s and uh, hasn't really been... Um, I, I feel like I haven't really heard much from him in the last like decade or so. But yeah. in the 2000s, he was like this big deal because he was adapting all of these video games into movies. Do you remember when he challenged all of his critics to fucking boxing? Oh, do so I that's remember? That's who this guy is. That's do who this I guy remember? is. For people who aren't aware, in 2006, Uwe Ball challenged his uh, his critics to a boxing match. And uh, I think uh, Lotax, the something awful guy, 
was invited to be one of those people because something awful had reviewed a bunch of his movies. And, uh, he, uh, he, he went and Uwe Ball, uh, yeah, beat all five of them. Um, (gasps) right. Yeah. I do vaguely remember this. I like, so I'll be brief. I have like a tiny mini rant about this. I'll be brief. Mm -hmm. I'll be brief. Those fucking, the people who challenged him to a boxing match are, so fucking stupid. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but that is the dumbest. He's like an amateur boxer. He's yeah, like why would you volunteer? He's legitimately a good boxer. You do not, if you value your life and your brain cells, go into a combat sport with somebody who has done something on a high level. You don't just like fucking go in there. None of them trained to any degree that you could even imagine. I saw like a ton of videos about this. Like a couple of them went to the gym a couple times. You do not. Like how? Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't want to victim <laughs> just a blame. Bad move. I really don't. I really don't want to victim blame because clearly these people didn't. I, there was some misunderstanding on some level, but like, how? How do you do that? How do you like? Oh, you know what's going to be fun? Getting punched in the face by somebody who's really good at punching people in the face. Like what? What thought process? I I apologize. I will stop talking about this now. Uh, Sean Baby also uh, challenged uh, Ball <laughs> to fight. <laughs> I think he actually knows how to sh- fight, though. He does. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he's a, uh, or he at least said that he is a Muay Thai and a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu fighter, right. and he actually uh, knows what to do, and sort of, and was mocking boxing uh, as not really being real fighting. Uh, and then Bull uh, did not choose <laughs> to appear on uh, Attack the Show to to fight him. Yeah. Because he knew he would probably get his ass kicked. Uh, probably. You can both fight on the ground and on the feet. Because yeah. those are the two disciplines that you can do that. So, so Uwe Bull yeah. also tried to get Alex Jones to fight him <laughs> in 2018. <laughs> like, so he retired from filmmaking in 2016, according to this article. Yeah. And, uh... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just this like <laughs> opening paragraph, like the end of it is uh, Bull recently threatened to sue Warner Brothers for using his brand and helping the military industrial complex by making the Dwayne Johnson starring Rampage <laughs> adaptation of the video. That's like quite a duo of things. Wow. But then he also uh, he also tried to like challenged Alex Jones to a boxing match. That would have been like, very kept. Like, this is... Oh, and his his account is suspended from Twitter. Incredible. Incredible. Also, I definitely thought the movie Rampage was an adaptation of the video game. Uh, But it's not. It's about a guy who shoots people with a gun. Oh, Um, I see. But the movie Rampage with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, which was made much later, is an adaptation of of those games. Uh, also, he re- after he retired from making movies, he decided to get into restaurants. Yep. And uh, he opened a German restaurant in Vancouver. Yep. Which has received decent reviews. That's pretty cool. So, I-, I have heard that he actually, the latest that I heard, I actually asked on Twitter today. The latest that I heard is that he is now interested, he has moved back to Germany. I, I guess he probably still owns that restaurant, but... He's moved back to Germany and he is interested in making movies again. So we might get another alone in the dark. It caliber. says that uh, Rampage 4, The New Blood, is in development. And oh uh, so is Germany in winter. 
Oh my god. So I don't know. I don't know like the intricacies. I'm not a scholar. I'm not a ball <laughs> scholar. Um, he might be like a bad man. Uh, sure. But sure. certainly a complex figure and uh, made a lot of really terrible movies in the 2000s. And this was sort of right in the middle yeah. Of, uh, yeah. of that era. I, I want to ask just as a framing question, how many of these have you have you both seen? Because I've seen a few personally. This is my first uh, bowl. Oh, wow. Giant. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, wait. Let me see what else he, he's done. Blood he Rain is another famous one. He didn't do Doom, right? Right. He did not do Doom. Doom was okay. somebody else. Doom was somebody else. I don't think I've seen any of his other movies because he did. There was a Far Cry movie, apparently. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, there was a Far Cry movie. Uh other video games. He did do Blood Rain. He did House of the Dead. House of the Dead's another classic. They made a House of the Dead movie. Yep. yep. Uh, Postal. Postal, of course. God, why did they make a Postal movie? Uh, and then he did a bunch of like, in like just, I don't know, like independent movies, uh, too. Nazi exploitation type style movies huh. and stuff like that. Um. But yeah, I think this is the only one I've seen. Wow. So Blood Rain is interesting only because I believe that's the one with both Ben Kingsley and also Cristana Loken and Michelle Rodriguez. And that's where mm -hmm. they began their tumultuous relationship. Oh. I believe I could be wrong. Don't quote me on this. But at the time, I believe there was a little love, love going on between the two of them in like real life. So... That was the only reason I watched that movie. I'm not going to lie. At that time, I think I was in college, and that was very interesting to me. And so I watched that fucking atrocity of a movie. Um, yeah, I Bull's movies are, um, at least the video game movies that I've seen, they're horrible. But they also, they have this weird thing about them that is also true of something like The Room, where... It, it vaguely veers to the side of competence every now and then. And you're just kind of like, was that an accident? Like, was this scene accidentally competent? Uh, which is what keeps me kind of watching, even when I get very annoyed and bored at how bad it is. So I guess we'll start off uh, with the movie. We're not going to go scene by scene because there's just no need. Uh, and none of it really makes sense. So it's OK. It starts with like 17 novels of scrolling text oh that is also oh my read gosh. off the screen. I, I didn't read those. No, but okay. you don't have to because a try. voice reads There's them a voiceover. to you. <laughs> just because, oh my, like He's just having, having text and a voiceover, like, why? It's, it's not great. It's not great. And it talks about an ancient civilization called the Abkhani and there's an evil and there's an ancient evil and, you know, they were an advanced civilization, blah, blah, blah. And also Did there's a thing where called they section were? 713, I think. That is yeah, basically the, the Warehouse 13. The X-Files. Uh, right, yeah, yeah. They're, they're just the X-Files, but they're also the army. They're an army and X-Files. And all this happens. And uh, Carnby, Edward Carnby, uh, is a guy who is a paranormal investigator. And we get a little sequence of some bullshit happening in a uh, in an orphanage run by a nun and a mean man who is uh, doing research on the children. And Carnby gets away, and then we flash forward to modern day, where Edward Carnby, in all of his scenes, uh, he thinks he is in a hard-boiled detective movie, 
no one else does and no other scenes kind of go with this, but he has all this voiceover that's like, I, I'm tough and oh things are God. bad and it's all real, kid. Uh, we see him on an airplane talking to a child at first. Does anybody want to talk about the sort of beginning of the movie here in terms of uh, what, what we're doing with scene setting and how, how many times have you uh, been so, upset that there's too much going on here? <laughs> so uh, we get these, we get this orphanage and it's for in the past, yeah. 22 years ago. And it's like, and the, the nun is in on some of the child experimentation, but then one of the kids disappears and the kid who disappeared or didn't get the whole full experiment done on him is now Christian Slater. Yep. Who's on an airplane. Oh. Uh, oh. With his chest hair just fully just out next to a child. Flowing. And the child like asks him if I like the kid like this very friendly baby child asking him about like if he's eating cheese and that's why he's having nightmares <laughs> and don't worry. He's eating cheese. <laughs> <laughs> like don't worry because there's nothing actually scary and bad in the world my mom told me that and i'm worried about monsters but don't worry my mom said monsters aren't real and here's my coloring book if you want to use it it's a spooky coloring book and christian slater is like such a perfect casting choice for this because <laughs> oh, yeah. he has like he is his level of acting is like just right for this where like if under under good direction he can do he can like do some stuff and under bad direction it's just this like kind of smarmy vibe yes it's just pure smarm vibes and he just kind of says like no kid the reason like being afraid of the dark is what keeps us alive or something yeah. it's like basically it's like, like, like you, know, are- you got to you got uh, there's creatures you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm Christian Slater. I've got a big coat. Hey, that I got a big coat. Fucking crazy. Like, that coat is insane. Okay, so also. Is it time to talk about the coat? Okay, well, before Please. we get into the coat, like, he, yeah, he's like, this kid, this kid can't act, but like, he has an excuse because he's a child. He's five. No one right. else in this movie can act either, though. And it's sort of more obvious when it's like a grown ass man who is like in his 50s who can't act. Um, yeah. But. He gets off the plane and uh, he gets into a cab and is just like, I, I, I see the things that are in the shadows and all the, cr- <laughs> the, gr- the critters and the creatures. And uh, then he gets into this cab and like he's being he's being pursued and the cab driver's like, oh, you travel light, huh? Because he has literally nothing with him just except this little artifact, like a trinket. <laughs> he has flown from... Uh, I forget where he was. He was like touring around South America and uh, has nothing with him. Like yeah, literally what do nothing. Yeah, other than artifacts? Uh, and his, his response to that is, I got enough baggage for the both of us. Like, <laughs> the both yeah. of who? What are you talking about? You and the cab driver? Him and the, yeah. Like, <laughs> they like you, bond. I love, I, the cab driver's like one of my favorite characters. No, the cab driver's movie. a great Thank character. Thank you for reminding me. I forgot about him. I wish him. the movie was about the cab driver. Yeah, uh, and just he just kept Same. running into Christian Slater, which actually <laughs> does remind That's me. That's a good movie. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that is good. a good movie. And I want to talk about what this movie was supposed to be mm. before we uh, yes. get deeper in. 
please, please. Yeah. Please because, do. Because uh, on the Wikipedia article, uh, Blair Erickson was the, uh, the I, I guess the, he wrote the first draft of this, uh, of the movie. And Yves uh, Ball changed the script quite a lot. And so on Something Awful, <laughs> Erickson uh, talked about what the movie was supposed to be. And he said that the original script took the Alone in the Dark premise and depicted it as if it were actually based on the true story of a private investigator in the northeastern U.S. whose missing person cases begin to uncover a disturbing paranormal secret. It was told through the eyes of a writer following Edward Carnby and his co-worker for a novel and depicted them as real-life blue-collar folks who never expected to find hideous things waiting for them in the dark. We tried to stick close to the H.P. Lovecraft style and the low-tech nature of the original game, keeping the horror in the shadows so you never saw what was coming for them. Thankfully, (laughs) Dr. Ball was able to hire his loyal team of hacks to crank out something much better than our crappy story and add in all sorts of terrifying horror movie essentials like opening gateways to alternate dimensions, bimbo blonde archaeologists, sex scenes, mad scientists, slimy dog monsters, special army forces designed to battle slimy CG dog monsters, Tara Reid, Matrix slow motion gun battles, and car chases. Oh, yeah, and a 10-minute opening backstory scroll read aloud to the illiterate audience, the only people able to successfully miss all the negative reviews. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I mean, like, would we be watching this movie if it didn't have all that good stuff? I mean... Probably not. I wouldn't. Who knows? I feel like... Oh, sorry, go ahead. ahead. Oh, it just... It would have been a very different film. It would have... I... The only thing I take issue with here is that this is an anti-terror read. Yeah, uh, I don't. That's, that's, yeah, that's I, 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 was, I was on board until that, and then I'm yeah. like, "This is my enemy." Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, no, for sure. Terry is uh, is good. I um, I forgot how much I miss Tara Reid uh, when I, I saw her did, so yeah. much. Which I I guess. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, LB. Go ahead. So, like, <laughs> I've been reminded a lot in the news cycle of 2020 how much I miss Tara Reid. Oh, um, because. There's another woman named Tara Reid who has had a terrible year. Um, But I always forgot who she was and thought people were talking about actress Tara Reid. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. that would just turn into me missing Tara Reid, the actress, who I love. And I hope she's doing great right now. I hope whatever she's doing, she's happy. Yes. Uh, Yes. Yeah, Tara Reid. What is she up to lately? She... uh, was in an episode of The Boys as herself. Okay. Uh, in 2018, she was in The Last Sharknado, It's About Time. Oh, I remember that, actually. Uh, in 2019, she was in Andy the Talking Hedgehog. Okay. A uh, Yeah, she makes shitty movies. Now. A oh, children's film everything. with Dean Cain. Oh, my God. The... Uh, <laughs> No. Uh, once Superman on Lois and Clark, and now oh. deranged Twitter maniac Dean Cain. Oh. oh no! Um, but they made a movie about a talking hedgehog that came out two years ago. Uh, you know, that, they did it before Sonic. Okay, that film so. was directed by Joel Paul Reisig, whose other films include Arlo the Burping Pig, Rodeo <laughs> Girl, and no. Horse Camp. No, Tara uh, Reid deserves better i think we wish her the best and uh yeah. yeah and hope her career uh 
turns around soon. Do you think maybe she could just be in like a gritty prestige TV show and that would just I think turn it's time around? I think it yeah. is time for that. Um, yeah, I think appearing I like on the, the boys was the... sort of an intro to that, maybe. Yes, and maybe yes. we're gonna get more of that soon. Maybe like the Josie and the Pussycats, like nostalgia is gonna mm. push her into I don't know, Tara Reed. Come on, she was in a 2014 film called The Hungover Games. <sighs> Which is a was parody that, like, of The Hangover and <laughs> the, the Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. No, <laughs> no. Uh, Jamie Kennedy was in that one. No. So, uh, Tara, that's that's a shame. Tara but uh, be you know in what? Like a Mindhunter esque. You got to work. Prestige show. Yeah. You t- Look, I'm glad she's working. Should be in as uh, more archaeologists. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I love her as a this cool archaeologist in this movie. She is. Edward Carnby's archaeologist girlfriend who works yes. at the museum and uh, he sort of just fucked off for three months and is just came back and uh, has to make a quick stop to kill a bald guy before yep. he can <laughs> he meet up with her cube. again. He does yes. shoot an ice cube. There's that chase scene where this bald man who is being sent by uh, what's his name? Dark Forces? Uh, well, yeah, we learned that it's Henry, Doctor Henry. Uh, Lionel Hudgens is Hudgens, the, Hudgens, yes, the evil archaeologist who uh, sent this bald man. Uh, Names James Pinkerton. Good, uh, nice, and Good. Uh, they fight. And there is a scene where, yeah, Christian Slater shoots a gun through a block of ice for no reason. It's like well, aims is, at is the no ice. Reason? There is no reason, as far as I can tell. No. Uh, then, then it's, I want that to ha- like I get Uwe Boll's like his directing style makes a lot of sense to mm-hmm. me yeah it's like as oh that dumbass. would that would be cool this would be cool right? this would yeah be cool. like that'd be sick and that's how he made all his choices and I kind of respect that I kind of respect that too it's just there like, is a pro wrestling element to this mm. you know that this would be cool kind of thing the like yes anding things that would be cool that I could see as like an argument for enjoying a fight scene like this actually was one of the most competent scenes in this movie, to be honest. Like, this was actually shot and edited in a relatively competent way, uh, you know, compared to a lot of the other things in this movie. Um, this honestly did make sense here. And I was I was almost confused because this is early in the movie. And I was like, OK, this this makes sense. Like, I could I could tell you what happened in this scene, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what I have for that. Um, and a lot of plot points kind of come together Really quickly, uh, he is reintroduced with Section 713 or 731 or whatever, uh, where he is left. He is no longer with them because he felt too constrained. uh, And now he's, you know, on his own. Again, he thinks he's a hard-boiled detective. And that's why we have all this VO that was like Raymond (laughs) Chandler-esque. He has another friend uh, slash frenemy slash bromance with Stephen Dorff, who is still with section 713 and we have a whole bunch of bullshit that happens at the museum where we have a whole lot of really terrible looking cgi monsters that have been i guess unleashed because of the artifact i think unclear so okay Okay. so there's the bad archaeologist is on a boat so he's Mm -hmm. not there to pick up a shipment which tara reed picks up yes um and they uncover a shipwreck 
that has a big gold box in it. Right. And the boatman stuffs the evil archaeologist in a in a closet and says, oh, ho, ho, if there's something is valuable in the gold box, it's even more valuable than gold. Just think how rich I'll be now. And it's just full of monsters. Um, monsters. It's just a gold box full of monsters. And the unleashing the monsters, like unlocks the sleeper cell orphans. Right. Who all like go <laughs> they all go. Yeah. <laughs> they all go. That's correct. They all go. Yeah. And, and, uh, There's a lot of things in this movie where it's just like, they just, they go. And right. they, where they go, why they go, don't worry about it. They just, they do. They do go. But for the they grace do. of God, they go. Yeah. So because of that, maybe, monsters are unleashed in also the museum mm. to go get the artifact that Christian Slater has. Yeah. Also, he learns that he only has a half-formed monster in his spine. Well, oh, yeah, they all have monsters in their spine, yeah, like in the Tangler. Because what's his name? Put that he that he was experimenting on the kids. I like how we're so trying yeah, to figure like out what happened. We're really trying to figure it out. <laughs> we just yeah, like, to explain. Okay, so Waddle <laughs> Hudgens <laughs> is the archaeologist <laughs> at the museum. He's the curator, but he was He's also the-, the one who experimented on the kids because he found the artifacts That's- in the '60s. Right. And experimented on the kids. And he's also experimenting on himself. Like he's injecting himself yes. with like monster Question? blood or something. Question mark? Question yeah. He's, he's injecting himself. Yeah. So, yeah. My hand is up. I have a question. Yes. Yes, please, Elby. Please. Thank you. Um, my question is, how do you, like, what is the career trajectory? What's the, like, degree path to become <laughs> both an archaeologist and an orphan experimenter? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, you do. You I'm have not to double major. I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is a double major situation. Archaeology and orphan oh. torture. Oh, I, I minored in uh, in orphan torture at Brown. <laughs> oh, okay. At Brown, uh, right, right, right. Yes, you have to go yeah. to Brown. Oh, I hear I their orphan torture program is fantastic. Oh, it's, it's it's to die for. I mean, if you're an orphan. Professor, Good. Professor Lionel Hudgens is played by Matthew Matthew Walker, who uh, is an English actor who is best known for his role in the 1994 version of Little Women. Oh, good. Uh, and he was also in some Stargate episodes, and okay. uh, he plays the father of Duncan MacLeod in Highlander the series. Okay. So wait, so, did, uh, did he play the Bob Odenkirk role in Little Women? Uh, he played, what was, uh, he played Robert March, who is the father. Okay. I think that's the same. Dad. Okay. I think so that's the same role. Wow. He played Bob Odenkirk. He played the Bob that's Odenkirk That's pretty cool. Role. Uh, and he's clearly evil. Um, I mean, orphan experimentation, basically just a shortcut, a cinematic, one of the classic cinematic shortcuts to show that someone is like the opposite of petting evil. the dog. I got you. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Or saving the cat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Very much so. And then, yeah, so huh. we have all, all of Edward Carnby's old friends from the orphanage are like zombies now. Yeah, yeah because there's they're... a step in between. So it's like they become zombies, but then at some point, I think the thing like explodes out of their spine and is just a monster. Like I think that happens at one yeah, point. Yeah, like a scorpion alien monster. Like an like an alien, but like a spine huh? alien. 
So it's like a little bit uh, Star Trek Wrath of Khan, a little mm-hmm. bit The Tingler, mm-hmm. and a little bit Alien. Yes. Yeah. And we also had, this is the Night in the Museum sequence here. So we also have a bit of that. Oh, we also have some, oh, and RIP my favorite character. The security guard who knows everything about Tara Reid's oh, life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, this The guy. scene where the security guard talks to, like, the delivery guy. And, like, they're just like, hey, uh, dialogue. Yes. Also it's dialogue. so good. They just stay on that scene. They just stay on such, it. There's so much. Like, the, okay, so there's a scene where Tara. I think it's this is the scene where we're introduced to Tara Reed, the great archaeologist character. Yes, and she is like getting this exhibit of the, what's the name of the made up people? The made up. I think it's Abkani. The Abkani. Abkani. Okay, so she says this big Abkani exhibit coming up, and she's getting ready, and she's opening this delivery and. The delivery guy's like, I'm Connie. What's the I'm Connie? I ain't never heard of nothing like that. And the security <laughs> guard guy is like, what? You never heard of the I'm Connie? Well, let me tell you. They were a highly advanced ancient civilization. Didn't you know that? Don't you know anything? Right. <laughs> Don't you know who this lady is? Why? She's the curator of this museum and also an archaeologist. She's very genius Tara Reed. And... This is like, Reed, like opens the thing. It's amazing. Intro it's amazing. Crawl. When we have it's been told amazing. all of this, like yeah. <laughs> not ten minutes. But ago. have we been told that Tara Reed's boyfriend has been missing for? Is, oh, is, that's uh, true. We haven't been missing because security guy guy also says, "Well, archaeologist Tara Reed, I forgot her character's name, Doctor Tara Reed. At least you won't have to be thinking about your love life while you're looking at these artifacts." And then she <laughs> kind of pats and walks away, and security guard's like, "Oh, darn it! I shouldn't Beast have said it. that." And Delivery guy's like, why not? And then he says, oh, because her boyfriend's been missing. God, it's fucking, these, this, like, these the two exposition clowns. Yeah. And then, yeah, the security yeah. guard gets fucking killed by one of the monsters who, like, we see it in the first half hour of the movie. <laughs> like, so good. And they don't even look good. They're, like, terrible CGI. And, uh, like... In the first scene where you like think this happens actually a few times in this movie where like they do those shots of like the horror movie shots of like, oh, it's behind him and he doesn't know. And like and in any other movie, it would just cut and you'd get a scream or something. Yep. Here. No, you just see the man's head get stabbed by the monster and uh, it just looks really corny and uh, not scary at all. Yeah. Uh, but here's where we get Steven Dorf. Here's oh, where yeah. the Dorf shows up as the, uh, as the commander of of Bureau Seven Thirteen, who kind of has a whole thing with uh, with Edward Carnby. They have more uh, more uh, chemistry, chemistry than Carnby and Tara Reid do. Uh, yes, I think because they're like Dorf's all just like you left Seven Thirteen. Well, like, you, this is our job now. You've left us. Like you're not a part of the family. And he's just like, well, I'm, I'm sorry, Stephen Dorff, but uh, I'm kind of a rat man. So um, he is kind of a rat man, you know. Like I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm sorry, but uh, uh, Slater just kind of a rat man. Um, oh, total rat, rat man. Yeah. On. But uh, yeah. Stephen Dorff, uh, in full effect here. Obviously, best known to most, I think, as uh, uh, Deacon Frost from Blade. Oh, yeah, of but, course, uh, yeah. But also, uh, 
was in that movie Space Truckers. <laughs> oh my god, he was. He Which, was. Uh, connections back to our first episode of this show also starred yes. Dennis Hopper. That movie is great. That it's movie a is a lot of fun. It cost Super fun. Uh, $25 million to make and made $1 million back. Oh. Uh, oh God. Also, Steven Dorff uh, in The Gate, which uh really oh, yeah. good kids horror movie. It was his first starring role. He was a child actor when he did that Steven Dorff, short man? He's great. Uh, he's sort of a shorter man, I, I think. I uh, I looked him up because he looked kind of short in one of the scenes. And I, you know me, I am like all about respecting the short kings. You love a short and king. And I yes. love a short king. And he's his official height is five foot eight. Okay. Okay. So that's like average, right? But yeah. like that's of your official height? Okay, so oh, his real height real is like five, 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 five lower. He's yeah. five. Yeah, lower. Yeah, so yeah. like probably around my height. Love that for him. Love yes. that. I love, love that for him. So I love my a dwarf that's level. like my height, you know? Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> like a dwarf. You really want a dwarf that's the, that you can see eye to eye with. Right. Uh, I also want to point out that. I don't want to look up for Ed a dwarf. He's been in three music videos. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. the music video for Crying by Aerosmith. Oh, He perfect. was in the music video for Every Time. Of course, yeah, that's where I know him the best for. He's the boyfriend in that. And he's in the music video for Rollin' by Limp Bizkit (gasps) as himself. Good. (laughs) (laughs) How do you put yourself in a video? I don't understand how that's possible. Let's watch it right now. Let's watch it right now. I'm going to mute it Uh, so that I don't fuck up audio, but... Okay, it's already made uh, perfect. He also starred movies. as Candy Darling in I Shot Andy Warhol, which is a movie about Valerie Solanas. Um, wow. He was in that? that? Yeah. As Candy Darling? Apparently. Wow. Okay, so wait. The Roland video? He's already here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. We are seconds into the Roland video, and Ben Stiller and Steven Dorff are present, and they're, gonna t- they're talking to Fred Durst. Oh, my God. I am going to actually have to turn on the audio for this. Okay. So they showed up in a Rolls Royce to where it says valet parking. I'm sorry, I've hijacked this podcast. No, this is great. This is good. Because this is more important. It's more important. Yeah, it's true. Wow. Um, so Ben Stiller, this is a video about Ben Stiller and Stephen Dorff abusing Fred Durst, but then Fred oh, Durst steals no. their car. Oh, wow. Wow. Is that his thing? Wow. Like, that's fine. Um, Amazing. Um, great. Like, so Stephen Dorff basically best known for music videos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, mm. he was in True Detective as well. But Yeah. I mean, okay. So just, like, like, already, just sort of yeah. everywhere. Just sort of like in, like, just sort of every genre, every form. Uh, yeah. he's, he's doing something in it, you know? Can you imagine being, like, you wake up in the morning, you're Stephen Dorff. And you think like, damn, what have I done in my life? Oh, right. I was in Blade every time by Britney Spears, rolling by Limp Bizkit. <laughs> and, and, what was the, this movie? <laughs> it was this, this movie. one too. Yeah. This I is mean, the like, one he I forgets. Would, I yeah, feel great about myself. Yeah. Uh, he was be. in a made for TV movie with Susan Sarandon in, uh, Good. in 1999 as well so uh just his his filmography and his his television uh stuff is really just wonderful uh and i hope he's never done anything terrible because he just yeah, seems like a great guy and same. i love him he has great hair and great movie? great hair just in this movie and all movies sort of like a weird spiky kind of look uh 
He's and, edgy uh, uh, army guy, kind of. He is edgy army man. And um, yeah. he's like, you stay away from Unit 713. I'm the boss now, not you. But uh, but Carnby goes and talks to Agent Fisher, who is the like doctor, who's like, you, oh, this guy, man, had a worm in him. You have a worm in you, too. But it's dead, I guess. So that's fine. Um, he was electrocuted as a child. Yeah. Therefore. It killed the worm. <laughs> It's just such what a fucking note. Uh, I was electrocuted when God. I was a kid. Like it's just like fucking. I mean, what? Wh- well, that's what killed what? the monster inside him. Yeah. It's Weird. Just, so they fight the zombies. Okay. Also, his apartment is like. This Fuck weird loft palace. full of like katanas yeah. and like it's incredible like, Japanese yep. like uh, screens and stuff like like. Uh, <laughs> it's just completely, the bed is just on the floor. Yeah. Uh, I've, wait, does he LB, just have I a mattress just, on the floor? Yeah, he does. He super does. Fuck. 100%. This is like what, this is a, the version of that guy, though, that is just like really into swords and like. Oh, yeah. Fucking yeah. wild shit. And that coat. Okay, this coat looks like he's cosplaying. Talk about the coat. It looks like he yeah. bought it on AliExpress to cosplay Dash the Stampede or something, but it was like. <laughs> Ten dollars, and it's just like a huge leather coat. And there are photos, like there are stills from this movie where, like, the sleeves go down over his hands. Like, it clearly <laughs> does not fit him. And uh, it's made of like just the worst looking leather. And it's like his si- his signature trademark coat. And it's so oh. stupid looking. I just love that this coat is his idea of what a cool detective wears. Again, he thinks. That he is in a detective movie. He thinks he's a fucking badass detective. Like, in every way, in every part of his life, down to an atomic level, he thinks he is a hard-boiled fucking detective. And he takes this piece of shit, like, knockoff Final Fantasy jacket and thinks, this. This is my look. This is what makes me cool. This is what makes me a badass. And I love it. I love it so much. There is a point where he's in his house, in his fucking fuckboy palace, where he takes it off and he's shirtless for a few minutes and he like just collapses into his bed that is like you know he worked out for like six months for this shot for this very unimpressive shot i'm not mm-hmm. saying his physique is unimpressive i'm saying the shot is unimpressive and everything about this just says to me this man like there's so much that goes into the character here and i i also i just needed to hear lb's like pro wrestling interpretation of this character based on his house like his room his I mean, like, his room, I don't even have a pro wrestling interpretation. This is just, this is the guy. This is a floor mattress guy who loves swords. I think Merritt's absolutely right on about that. (laughs) Um, This is the guy who, he did buy this coat. So the only thing is, like, this guy, Yeah. this is a guy who would not spend $10 on a cosplay coat. This is Mm. a guy who would have sleeves that fit. Right. Like, that's the, like, he would, he would really, really, like, if you're going to invest in that level of fuckboy loft, you're also going to invest in, like, your statement piece, which is the coat. It looks like he lost his real coat in South America and just, like, killed some guy and took that (laughs) coat from him. That's, I'm, 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 I'm accepting this headcanon. I love it. I think that's, yeah, that's, like, what actually happened. (laughs) I think this is Um, correct. And then, yeah, so he... Terry Reed shows up and they analyze stuff with his cool computers that are like Oh, I, I wrote down the Fantastic. programs. Uh, yeah, sorry, what are the I just programs need to mention because one of the really programs was 
Anubis Reader 3.5. <laughs> Stupid. Uh-huh. And one of them was Galactic Interferometry <laughs> software. Great. Like, they made up stupid, like, the production designers made up stupid fucking, like, like, Photoshop knockoff Unless these are real. Anubis. Anubis Reader and Galactic Interferometry. Anubis Reader, it's like Adobe Acrobat, but for Uh, artifice. Do you want to know what happens when I search Anubis Reader? (laughs) Please. Please tell us. I get a Wattpad fic of... (gasps) Hetalia fanfiction, except it's Oof. mythology Hetalia, oh, wow. so like not normal the oh, manga. Good, and it's Anubis X Reader. Oh wait, my so wait, is God. there a, is there a mythology Hetalia, or was that just a thing I this think Wattpad person just, made up? It's just something that they made up, I think, because it so has, it's they made. So what if Anubis was so a hot ha- anime boy? Yeah, right. so I don't really know right. why it is Hetalia then, but okay. Um, but that's that a lot. Actually, that's all the first pages is just <laughs> thick of reader and Anubis. <laughs> God. Oh, that makes sense. Anubis reader. Open, you found yourself face to face with Anubis breathing slow, even breaths. He was sleeping peacefully. Oh, oh I can't. Uh. I can't. Um, but yonder I can't a God slash reader. <laughs> I love a yonder a God. Love Deviant a art. Don't let go. God. So was Anubis the god of yonder? Uh, uh, Anubis is the one that decides whether you're worthy or not, isn't he? I think is that so. yonder? He judges you. Thing? It's like it's In not as if worlds. I want you to go to heaven or anything. Right. Yeah, he's like the afterlife. Um, and is I like, just know dog head. I forgot all the other stuff. Oh yeah, he has a cool dog. He doggy head. He does have a dog head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a lot less cool than this is, uh, the rest of the things that happen in the movie, including, uh, well, okay. This part was, uh, okay, I guess, because we are introduced to a lot of army people from section 713, and one of them is Crash, aka Crash Override, that's what I called oh her. God. Uh, but it's Crash with a K, and she's, like, the operator. Is she the one who has a backwards baseball people. cap the entire movie? <laughs> yeah! I good. love her. She's good. I like her. Like, she's pretty good. Uh, there's a lot of soldiers. They get killed by monsters. Uh, and a lot of uh, just, just, there's just a lot of getting killed by monsters. This is and like a music exactly video part. How... Because they, yes, just, the they metal. just play this metal song from like 2011 yeah. or something. Or like, yeah. no, like 2004, actually. Uh, the band is Mnemic and the song is called Ghost. Oh. And uh, the lyrics are just fucking bizarre. Oh. I made you and your hate to socialize in a manner that suits me fine. So while I breathe in, you punched my teeth in. I tried to explain it, but you just don't, just don't see. I, I see right through you. Uh, This is playing while they're doing matrix fights against monsters and also zombies. Yep. The song was uh, 12 years old when this movie came out. Wow. 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 Uh, so, and, and somebody picked this. They picked it, you know? Uh, but I mean, it is awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it, it, it is fucking awesome. That's true. <laughs> like, this is the best part of the movie other Wait, than Tara Reid's. Uh, I don't know if these lyrics are in the movie, but I do need to, because this part please. is repeated like six times. Uh, please. Please, yes. <laughs> and tell me what you think this is about. Okay. <laughs> well, suck me in inside myself. 
I want to fucking taste myself. <laughs> oh, that's self-suck. <laughs> that's just a Marilyn Manson removing your own ribs reference. Yep. Uh, that's just a, a self-suck sucking your own moment. Dick. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I can see why they didn't maybe include that part. But I mean, like, video. what? Okay. If this scene of just like no point, cool flashing guns, if that's not sucking your own dick, then what's sucking your own dick? That's true. Right. This is, uh, right. UV ball uh, directorially sucking his own dick. And so. like, good for, I mean, the thing is, it's like, we, we use that a lot of the time as like a mean thing to say, like, oh, sure. sucking yeah. your own dick. But like, if you think about it, I'm that's something that. that takes, <laughs> it's sucking your own dick is something that takes like flexibility, practice, sure. discipline. Yeah. No, that's skill. That is a skill. Um, yeah. It's an yeah. art and it's a skill and it's something I respect. So when I say something, somebody's sucking their own dick. Yeah. I am saying it as a sign That's of respect. A term of endearment. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. It's like a salute. It's like a, I salute you, Uva Ball. I salute Honestly. you and your self suck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the so, scene was cool, and I wish it was five minutes long. I mean, this whole movie could have just been this. Yeah, I would have been, been fine, fine with that. And there Tara Reid, of- and just Tara yeah. Reid, like yeah, Tara so- Reid, just superimposed over it. Like this is <gasps> a fan video. Of, like, like, all these cuts of shots and, and all this kind of bullshit. And then, like, it just, like, fades to, like, fan cam. Like, Tara Reed, like, happy, you know, like, stars and shining. And it's Tara Reed in her little outfits. And, and then she's it looking goes at artifacts. Like, a montage. Of like. Yes. <laughs> and then, like, wow, this artifact is really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that could have been the whole movie. I would have been so psyched. And then, like, Christian Slater, like, doing cool poses in his terrible coat. Yes. In his in his fuckboy apartment. Yes, in his fuckboy palace. It's just, yeah. Yep. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't entirely remember what happens right after this or or much, uh, really. They until end up in the, the end ending, the end of, like, yeah. general area. Right, they, end, they up just end up in the there? caves underneath. Right in the, the caves. The, the in next the thing gold mine the caves. They're like, obviously. oh, well, they discover. They go. <laughs> they go. <laughs> Sharma says they, they go. go. They go. <laughs> they do discover. <laughs> they go. Okay, so they discover that uh, <laughs> something about the sixties. They just there was a gold mine that was closed down underneath the orphanage, and the people who were there were the man and the other the yep. bald man. Yes. Uh, and. Uh, Oh, the man uh, kills, or, or he uh, captures uh, his friend, the, the doctor friend, and puts a worm right. in him. So he's mm-hmm. evil. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Um, oh, they at one How point, doctor friend this? and Christian Slater get a meal. Oh, that's true. In the city, they go. They're in the big city, and yes, they get a, uh, a meal on the street and a tiny yes. table. See, I remember we all, all three of us, just watched this movie. And cannot yeah, tell you what fucking night. happened. It's, yeah, like. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Okay, it's all coming back to me now. Thank you both. I, I really do appreciate it. Um, we have made the connective tissue happen to where we are in the caves for the last, like, 40 minutes of the movie is mostly the caves. Until, like, the last, last, last scene, which is a lot. <laughs> Goes from the caves to the city, brightly lit. Uh, but, but for the most part, we're in the caves. We have army people 
we have our main characters uh, with the army people. And then we have like an extended like five to six minute sequence of just the things you never show in a movie, which is the army people just getting ready. Oh, my God. For it's a so siege. long. It's so long. And it's just like people like moving things around, being like confirmed. We're ready here. Like just running around. And there's a completely just nonsensical scene back at headquarters. Uh, Crash is there, but this isn't about Crash. It's about some random computer man who said the data is not there. There's nothing to crunch the numbers. Like there's just a line that's just that. And that's a line in this movie that didn't get cut. I don't know why it didn't get cut, but it's there in the movie. Um, so there's just a lot of superfluous material. And I just, I'm, I'm struggling to think of why Uwe Boll put it in. Cause it's not really like ass kicking stuff. It's because not cosplay. It's maybe not it's terrorist. just padding it's just to make it long off. enough. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just, this yeah. is just like army shit. I've just, I, yeah, I think see, we're not I looking respect. at this. We're not looking at this from the correct perspective, right? Like I you're think right, there is right. a, someone at least in his imagination, who sees this and is like, fuck yeah, cool army dudes, guys. <laughs> like that tracking gun, when she moves her hand and it tracks it. Right, and there's like, a whole the guns, And everyone keeps saying, oh, get the Jenny online, because that's what, like, what cool army guys say, right? Like, they don't say generator, because they don't have time for that. They don't have time to say the whole word, so you just say, like, get the Jenny online, man. Yeah, the Jenny's coming up soon. All right, lock and load, baby. Yeah, load out, roll out, let's go. They go. And they go. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Go. Yep, they made they this movie for gamers. They made this movie for gamers, right? Or no, they didn't actually make the movie for gamers. Uwe Boll's thought in his head, the platonic ideal of gamer in his head is this movie's audience. So he thought, yeah, American gamer kids like this shit. Let's put five minutes of superfluous shit just here, um, which is, it, it's a choice. And then then we go to the main characters, uh, uh, Tara, Steven and Christian, uh, along with their personal uh, army friends, go to this <laughs> yeah. cave and they're looking for shit. And there's a, a thing that just goes down fast and somehow injures an army lady. And then there are the Tremors monsters. Those are there also. Yeah. And there's an extended sequence here where this woman who appears to have a small cut on her leg. <laughs> I, I think what happened. She just kind of dies. <laughs> she just kind of from getting by a worm monster, and it's like, oh, is it poisonous or? So-? Who knows? It just sort of bit her, and she died. Well, it's like, like the army guys don't have time to say sand. generator. <laughs> they don't have time to tell us how this woman died. It's fine. <laughs> just go with it. Just roll with it. I, uh, I, you know, there's just so much sand going up. They waste so many bullets. And they talk about like, oh, watch out for her legs, like for like five minutes. It's it's incredible. So, All right, and then we get to, of course, a gate and a door. Yeah, uh, gotta have get a door. The line. Uh, LB, do you want to say the line about gates? What? I don't have. Oh, I'm sorry. No, like I don't some know the gates line. Gates are not meant to be opened. It's oh. like a very, you know, it's like Tara's Tara and <laughs> Christian. Sorry. Sorry. No, it's okay. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. It's, just it's like okay. Very... I was like, oh no, pop quiz on the... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's just like the line is, it just came from a computer of like some gates aren't meant to be opened. Um, I might be paraphrasing slightly, but it's along those lines. And do you know who needs to open the gate? But the evil man 
who goes and he opens the gate. So what uh, I thought was confusing was it thought I thought they were trying to open the gate to get yeah, me out too. of the mine. That's what right. I thought too. <laughs> <laughs> and then the evil guy came and wanted to open. They were like, no, no, no don't do open it. it. I don't thought they were it. like, maybe I was like, oh, is this like a weird reverse psychology thing? They were like trying to, right. no, <laughs> no, they just decided that they didn't actually want to open it because that's where the devils and demons live. Right. Wait, how do they actually fucking get out? Because Stephen Dorff kills the evil man by throwing a knife right. at him. Right. Um, and then they open the door and there's all the devils and demons in there. Do they just sneak through the caves? I guess I was kind of uh, like yeah. sort of unconscious for this part. <laughs> I mean, it's like I there was like a big shaky shake maybe. Well, because they, they find Dorf a ladder where they just fucking climb out. Yeah. And then they're at the orphanage because that's where the caves lead to. Because it's underneath the orphanage. Yeah. But like, also, was, were these caves like, was this an Abkhani cave? Was this like unclear. an American gold mine? <laughs> it looked like where a bunker. Where are the Abkhani, where did they live? Because Christian Slater went to Chile to get stuff from there. Right. So where did this, like, where was the civilization? Where uh, was it? Everywhere. So from Chile yeah, it was to global. somewhere in North it was America. A global no, I think it was supposed to be like a pre-global or like a global, like pre-historical, like Atlantis type thing of just like yeah. they were like a super society, um, like ancient alien style. But yeah. Right. But they were saying hell. that. But like the, somebody said, well, they were doing all this stuff while everybody else was hunting and gathering. So. They were in the caves underneath while everybody I guess else was they hunting were and underground? gathering. I don't They're know. They're doing a, in a big cave system? The, yeah. Spanning from somewhere in North America where there are gold mines to, so like California? Listen, no one knows. <laughs> the geography of this works. was really stressing me out. It's confusing <laughs> and almost certainly does not have any real answers. But like, and wait, he dies, right? He sacrifices himself. Stephen Dorf. Yeah, Dorf. He blows Dorf himself up. does a sacrifice. Yeah, but he blows himself up, but then he like dives, and it's like seems like he's gonna survive, but no. It's he, for the sequel. He blows it's himself up. Well, there was yeah. a sequel to this movie. There was. I know. <laughs> I can't believe it. Um, I don't know why. But my guys was. are dying out there for nothing. Oh, oh yeah, he was uh, so yes. mad because yes, he discovers that, uh, as we all have known for the entire movie, <laughs> he finally discovers that oh, it was. It was seven thirteen that did this. That the experiments. My guys are dying out there for nothing. He does not have, it, it, crucially, as you know, as a person who uh, has a uh, an accent who hides uh, as, it all as the time. a person of New England experience, a person of New Englandness. <laughs> uh, uh, he doesn't really have this accent at all until he gets angry. Which, by the way, is the most realistic thing in this entire fucking movie because I as a person, hide my accent most of the time. Mm. But then I get really angry about something or tired enough and it's, what the fuck are you doing over there? Like, not, like, easily. Im immediately, immediately, immediately. So this was actually realistic, even though oh, I wow. doubt anybody meant it to be. But this was a realistic uh, Boston moment. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is he a Boston man? Well, or it's a New England accent, so it could really be... We call it a Boston accent, but you know there oh, are wow. slight variations, and of course it, he could be a Brooklyn dude, but it's so much this was less, an acting choice. It's not nasally enough, to be honest, to be like a Brooklyn. It's much more of a Boston. So this, this was moment. a dwarf acting choice because he is a man from Atlanta, Georgia. Right, he is not. He is not a New England man. 
Yeah, it's true. So this was just a, a character decision he made. Yeah, as like an actor, blue, he, he's like being a blue collar man here. Wow. Like his his people, his his folks are dying, and uh, I guess he associated it in in with you know the people of New England, which is a choice you can make. Uh, and he didn't make for any other moment. Uh, but again, maybe he had a deep lore thing where like, no, this guy grew up in like Somerville. And now, you know, he hides his accent for professional reasons. But then when he's mad, this happens. So and well, then he maybe, blows himself up. So, you know, we'll never Maybe know. this is like tying into the trying to be like the H.P. Lovecraft New England thing. Yes. Which is okay, actually, okay, as Merritt uh, told me, because I did not know this until Merritt told me this, but the Alone in the Dark games are actually about Lovecraftian stuff. Right. I, I never actually played mm-hmm. them. Yeah, that's so. what those games yeah. are based on. Oh, yeah. Um, have you played those games? No, I've never played any of them. And I frequently get them confused with, uh, with like, three other different horror <laughs> game series. Yeah. Like, I always get them confused with the series called D, which is, has nothing to do oh, with it. Oh, right. Uh, right. It's actually, D is a Japanese horror series starring, like, a virtual actress who is, like... Laura something. Laura. But, like, she's, like, the same... They were like trying to create a character who would like be in different stories, but like she, it, they're not related stories. Um, right. It's like they tried to do with the Final Fantasy movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, there. There are a lot of those games. Yeah, there's like the eight last or nine. few. I think yeah. didn't do very well. I don't think there's been one in a while. But Probably this movie like was supposed era, to be a tie-in yeah. to like the fifth game. Oh, uh, but then I think that never really happened because it was terrible. <laughs> Probably both the movie and the game <laughs> were not the best thing that's ever happened. Okay, um, but so like the ending of this movie though. Yeah. Yeah, what how ha- I yeah. don't like they die? <laughs> like what? Yeah, I guess. I guess so the monster at gets At some them. point the big city was evacuated, right? right. I guess. So Crash yeah. leaves her room. It's the only time Crash leaves her room. But everybody has left the city. I guess the gates to hell did open and they're open. And so the city was evacuated. Crash goes away. And there's like a real stupid monster cam at the end. And it's like a beautiful day. It's like blue skies. And Tara Reed and Christian Slater are walking down in his beautiful coat. And just a monster gets them. And that's it. And we roll credits. That's that's the movie, kids. That's huh. what we got. Really anticlimactic. So- Really sucks. Just just end on the fucking, honestly, end on the goddamn ladder to nowhere. Like, just do the THX 1138 thing and just have a, a ladder to a sunset. This is very and weird. That's it. Now, yeah. I kind of wanted to see real quick if the sequel has anything to do with. Okay. So. Okay, no. The, the second movie has a story that is unrelated to the original film. I mean, that's probably for the best. So I do want to just point out, I did look up the script for this movie. Um, And I just want to read to you how the loft is described in the script. Oh, Oh my God. If I may, please. The loft is a large, incredibly cool looking space. (laughs) (laughs) In one corner is a lab area filled with high tech scientific equipment. In another workstation, dozens of drawings, maps, and photos are spread out next to a flat screen computer. (laughs) A few photos are tacked to a cork board. Several bookshelves, all crammed with books, line one wall. 
An old framed photograph sits on a bookshelf. A faded photo of 20 children sitting on the front steps of the orphanage. (laughs) Sister Clara stands with them. Young Edward sits to one side. A weapons cabinet features racks lined with guns and blade weapons. In another corner is a workout area. The sleek modern kitchen and living quarters are in another corner. The bed is set up against a wall of large windows. Outside the windows, the sun is setting. Approaching the lab area, Carnby takes out the linchpin artifact. He turns it around in his fingers, watching the light glint off it. So cool. (laughs) Incredibly cool. Large, incredibly cool looking space. (laughs) Jordan is is noting in chat how many fucking corners can one room have? (laughs) That's a very good point. Let's count them. It's left It's an octagon. There's corners. Oh, yeah. It's non Euclidean geometry, okay? Please, my I've read enough Lovecraft to know about non-Euclidean. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, what a fucking One, film. Two, three, four. Okay, that's th- like four or five corners. That's not too bad. <laughs> I mean, it's four all is normal. Five is crazy. <laughs> I've been, ta- been talking all the I mean, because they could be like dividers. I don't know. I just love the idea of being like, oh, here I am, screenwriting guy. How am I going to describe the space? Cool, incredibly cool looking and fucking big. I want so many corners. 60 corners, real fucking big. So sick. Like, I. Imagine being the art director for this movie. I mean, like, so what do you want for the loft? Just, just cool. Uh, like, what do you mean? Oh, you mean like how cool? Incredibly cool. <laughs> oh, okay, I gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> so Say just no more. Sorts. <laughs> <laughs> they just do a finger gun, you know? Like at that point, it's finger guns, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> what about Uva Bowles? How him looks like? Let's look it up. Oh my God! Do you think this is his room? I wonder, like, what his decorating style is like. I really want to look at his house. What if, what if it's literally this? Like uh, this. It won't, this is it. I I want to see his, and I can't ask him on Twitter because he was suspended for telling everyone to find. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, he's a boxer, so you know he does have a workout corner. There's like no question. There's no question he has that. I wonder if his email is online and I can just email him. Oh my God, Uwe Bull. We need to know. address. We need to know. Contact us. So Jordan is also uh, asking us to look at the second game, Jack in the Dark. Oh, you mean Jack in the Dark. Jack in the Dark. You mean Jack, you're talking about Jack in the Dark. Jack, Jack, Jack. The Alone in the Dark children's game. Oh, no. What's Jack in the Dark? Oh. Uh, it's an evil Jack in the Box uh, capture Santa Claus. I'm not giving Eva <laughs> Ball my phone number. And, um, uh, <laughs> wait, what? Oh, why is you on your phone? Because <laughs> I'm on his website using the contact form. There's a, co- oh my God. 
I'm um, so glad. Yeah, there's a game called Jack in the Dark where uh, it was like a promotional thing. And uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not emailing you, this you man have to, to ask him what his house Santa looks Claus like from an evil Jack in the Box. Idea. They should have made a what? movie about that. Yeah. Right. Right. They should have made a movie about that. That's that's the movie they should have made. That's what they should have gotten screenwriting. How come there's an Alone in the Dark movie but no Dark Seed movie? Right. That Too would sexy. be that. Yeah. Um. That cover, have you ever seen, do you know Darkseed? Please share It was like a Giger-based uh, video game. Uh, it was, it's like an adventure game. It was like one of the first adventure games to use oh high-res graphics. Cover. The cover scared the fucking shit out of me when I saw it uh, oh, wow. uh, in a, like a gaming magazine in the 90s. Um, this is incredible, actually. It's, it's really horrible to look at. Um, I mean, it's not actually that bad. It's a creepy woman's face with uh, a snake going into a skull on top of her head. But um, it's very alien Medusa. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's geeker. So it's like very like Mm. that's the world is all creepy like that. Why isn't there a movie about that? Yeah, this game is cool. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. This is good. This is very good. Yeah, this guy uh, gets impregnated in his head. He still. does get head impregnated, yeah. He super okay. does. Um, oh, yeah. This is like I, the only horror game I've ever played. Have, wait, have you actually played it? Yeah, I played it on oh, um, yeah. later in yeah. uh, like 2013 or something. Oh my God. When I was, this was, when this was very much my vibe, mm. uh, I did play this. At That's just incredible. the right moment for me. Honestly, that's incredible. I'm glad it's, that you did that. You can play it. It's you can get it real easy for your little computer and just click through just it and it. have a nice time. Yeah, I think I would have a nice time with that because that looks cool as shit. Yeah, it's very uh, cool. Everyone should much play this. Like, yeah, much play. Better. I think what we've we've <laughs> taken away from this is play Dark Seed and uh, d- probably don't watch Alone in the Dark. Yeah, you know we're a little I, late. I think on this, telling you, <laughs> warning you against this, but. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it's like, I was able to get some work done while watching Alone in the Dark because I could just stop paying attention to the movie entirely for a few minutes and then tune back in and it was fine. Like, I uh, talked, I had a phone call with, like, a mold guy. Like, it's fine. You can do all this stuff while you're watching. Like, that, so that is something I appreciate about Alone in the Dark. (laughs) It's a movie you don't need to watch to watch. Sure, yeah. You can enjoy Tara Reid's very good face while doing other things with your life. Yeah, so. you do want to unmute for all the Tara Reid scenes, though, to get all right, her good, right, good right. line reads. Look at her. Also, her eyebrows in this are immaculate. Her lip gloss, immaculate. Like, <sighs> Tara. I actually love her looks in this. Like, she looks so right. cute with the glasses and oh her gosh, little, so like, scientific outfits. Like, she looks really, this is, like, a good, good look for her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is a Tara Reid respect zone, right? This podcast? Honestly, it is. It is. I wish and she played more scientists. I wish she did. I wish she did. And like, <clears throat> frankly, if nothing else, and and really maybe nothing else, I'm glad that we saw Tara Reid and I'm glad that we saw the jacket. Those things gave me a little bit of joy and a dark day. And so thank you. Thank you for that, Uwe Boll. Uh, next time, maybe just make a silent film. Um, and make or, a music long, or a music video. Or a music video. Just make a two yes. hour long music video. Yes. If this movie had just been an album, like an album long music video, if this had been like a a lemonade esque music video, yes, that would have been 
fucking incredible. Like, that would have been hell yeah. the best. Uh, can I also send a message please. to Christian Slater in this podcast? Yes. Yes, you can. Yes, Christian please. Slater. You're not listening to this, but maybe you are. Christian Slater, you place an online order at a website uh, in uh, probably like 2012. And uh, I was the one whose job it was to fulfill that. And I saw the name wow. Christian Slater and was like, there's no fucking way this is actually Christian Slater. And I marked it as fraud. And I'm pretty sure that was actually you. And oh I'm really sorry. What? That oh I accused you of credit card fraud of yourself. Christian I was young. I was inexperienced. I was new to the world of e-commerce. Can you say oh what he was God. trying to buy? I cannot say that. Um, I, can, I can picture knowing the industries you used to work in. Yeah. I've worked I, in several industries. Okay. No, definitely know, not just one okay. industry. No, it's, okay. I, it's definitely I not know. only one industry. I know what it is for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Damn. I'm so sorry, Christian Slater. It was a lot of, it was a big, big order. And I just thought somebody <laughs> was doing, doing fraud. Oh, no. Well, no, I can't bad. top that. I can't top that. That's incredible. And neither um, can Christian Slater because LB <laughs> canceled the order. So, um, good. I think that's it. <laughs> good, that's uh, it. That's, that, that's where that we got to stop. That was barely <laughs> a joke. That barely worked. Don't <laughs> I, encourage me. That's that I was don't hardly know. anything. I don't um, know. I think it was a joke. I think it was a good joke, actually. Actually, that's what I'm going to say. Uh, Mary, where can we find you online for other jokes of that nature? Go to uh, Uvi Ball. Just contact through there. It'll get to me. Uh, Just send him your phone number. He'll call me. Um, I'm at Mary Kay on Twitter. Good. Good. Elvie, where can we find you online? You can find uh, me on Twitter at Hunk Tears, where I'm not telling any stories like this because... Like, honestly, I've had so many e-commerce jobs. What could I ever be, yeah. even be referring to? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you please would, because I'm afraid of contacting Uva Bull, because I'm worried he's going to challenge me to a boxing match. Uh, or call <laughs> I'll me I'll get you ready, name. LB. And that time I'm in his so... life is over, I think. I'll get you ready. No, he challenged Alex Jones to a boxing match like a couple years ago. Ah, uh, fuck. That was very <laughs> recent. Like, he's that's down sort of his fight. solution to, like, that's yeah. sort of his, like, stock. So, he's but very if you much could like contact a... him... Buy his yeah. contact website and find out what his house looks like and what his interior decorating style is. Uh-huh. Please let me know because I really am curious about it. Yeah, uh, Mary, I, I, I could feel you had another joke there. I could feel it. Uh, no, I was just pointing out that his sort of conflict resolution style is very similar to like a forum poster in like yes, 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 the true. early two thousands. I'm just like, well, why don't you come fight me then? <laughs> Yeah, come fight me. Then we'll see what happens. Uh, Except he did, I guess, actually kick a bunch of people's asses. So, like, including like a seventeen-year-old boy. Oh well, less impressive. How did his well, the seventeen-year-old, the seventeen-year-old was the only one who was had trained in boxing. I see. He was a seventeen-year-old boxing boy who had no issues with his uh, his movies. Just wanted to like get in the ring. He just wanted to fight. (laughs) He just wanted to show off his boxing. I guess. I mean, that I understand. That part I actually do get and understand. Yes, that's kind of cool. Good yeah, no, it wasn't kid. just a random 17-year-old. That okay. would have been terrible. It was a yeah, box, 17-year-old boxer, which is also terrible. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the kid, I don't know, just... It's, 
I, if you're listening to this and you're 17, please don't try to box any direct movie directors. Yeah, that might be a good, just a good general piece Just of wait this. until your brain's finished developing. Then you can yeah. box some movie directors. <laughs> movie directors. Like once you turn 25. <laughs> then you can start thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want to find me online talking about this kind of shit, I am at Danielle R.I. And I'm going to I'm gonna read our outro. Uh, and thank you. And thank you all for being here with us. I enjoyed this movie so much more now that I've talked about it with uh, my my dearest co-host here. So that's what we have for you this week. Happy anniversary. You love to see it. We've made it a year. 52 movies in 52 weeks. We're going to keep going strong. We're not going to stop this train. We're going to keep it running. We hope, of course, that you enjoyed your cinematic journey with us. Please do rate and review our podcast. If you have a moment, tell a friend, uh, tell family, tell really whoever you think might enjoy a good movie and TV show podcast, uh, and also sometimes short films and other things that you can watch. You know, screen-based media. Let's just call it that. You can listen to all of our shows at fanbyte.com slash podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media, TikTok on Fanbyte, Instagram again at Fanbyte, and of course on fanbyte.com. And you can watch our very good streams on twitch.tv slash fanbyte. Thank you so much to Jordan Mallory for producing. If you want to go on Discord, that's fanbyte.casa. Thank you all so much. And for now, you love to see it. Thank you and happy 52 years if you love to see it. Happy 52 years. Here's to 52 more long years.